Hello and welcome to another episode of the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This is episode number 147. I am your host, Noah Roshetta, and today I'm going to talk about the unexpected joy that sometimes comes from difficult events. As always, keep in mind you don't need to use what you learn from Buddhism to be a Buddhist. You can use what you learn to be a better whatever you already are. If you're interested in learning more about Buddhism, check out my book, No Nonsense Buddhism for Beginners, on Amazon, or check out the first five episodes of the podcast. You can find those first five episodes easily by visiting secularbuddhism.com and clicking on the Start Here link. If you're looking for a community to practice with and to interact with, consider becoming a patron by visiting secularbuddhism.com and clicking the link to join our community. For today's podcast episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about a new pet that I have, a cat named Taz, specifically a three-legged cat. And I want to tell you the story and tie this in with the overall idea that sometimes unexpected joy comes from difficult circumstances or difficult events. I often refer to the analogy of life being like a Tetris game, where the pieces that show up, uh, we don't necessarily have control over what those pieces are. But when they do show up, we do the best that we can with those pieces to make them fit the best way we can into the game. And before we know it, we're dealing with new pieces. And I, I really like that analogy. And I think it's important to recognize that this isn't about liking the pieces that we get. It's about uh, maintaining a little bit of open curiosity, if we want to call it that, to what this piece may bring. Rather than being stuck in the moment thinking, here I am dealing with this piece that I really don't like, what if I was able to um, explore a little bit the idea that while I am interacting with this piece that I don't necessarily like, Uh, What could come of this? Sometimes that mental exploration can give us a sense of hope. Um, And I want to talk about that a little bit. So uh, Taz is the name of our cat. Now, a little bit of backstory here. I am allergic to cats. Um, I am not the person that you would picture having a cat because first and foremost, I'm allergic to them. And second, I've never really... Um, identified, I guess, with, 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 with cats. They seem to be uh, very interesting personalities. They come around when they want something from you, and then they're gone once they get what they want. At least that's been my perspective of them throughout most of my life growing up. And that's why I would consider myself much more of a dog person. Now, my wife is even less of an animal person than I am. She is... Uh, what you would imagine someone who just doesn't like animals. She's the last person I would have ever imagined having an animal. So that's in a nutshell uh, where we were about six months ago. And the kids have always wanted a pet. And uh, we've toyed with the idea of one day having an outdoor dog, but it's too much work for our lifestyle and for where we live. It gets too cold in the winter. It would be too much work. So we opted to not have a pet dog. 
my wife grew up with a pet dog. I also grew up with a pet dog, so that would have seemed like the natural fit. But one day the kids were asking if they could maybe get a cat. So what happened was my wife's aunt, so their great aunt, had a cat who had kittens, and she started calling all of the cousins, and all of the cousins were suddenly getting cats. When our kids found out that all their cousins were getting cats, they started begging us if we could go pick up one of these new kittens and they could have a cat. Now, my wife jokingly said, well, ask your dad, knowing that I was for sure going to say no because I'm allergic to cats. And I surprised everyone by saying, well, sure, maybe maybe we can. And right away she looked at me with this look of concern like, what are you talking about? And we decided, well, maybe if it's an outdoor cat and it lives outside and we, we just build a, a little home for it and we can put in a heated pad and things to help with the with the temperature because it does get cold here where we live, that perhaps it would be uh, wise to have a cat that patrols around the house because we do live in a rural area out in the in the fields where there are mice and, and those mice will sometimes get into the house. So the first line of defense would be an outdoor cat or, or so we thought. And with that in mind, the kids were uh, very excited to know we were going to get a cat. So we went up to our, uh, to the aunt's house to look at these kittens and she had already given all of the ones she needed to away to all the cousins. And there were two left that she wanted to give away to someone and we decided it might be best to take two instead of one because if we got one, it might be lonely outside and run away. And if we had two, they could entertain themselves and would be less likely to run away since uh, they would have each other. So we took the two cats, brought them to the house, and our plan started right away with having them live outside. And within a week and a half or two weeks of, of having the cats, things were going well. We had to go on a trip. I was doing a paragliding trip in, in California, and this was last year. I want to say it was August or September, and we took uh, the two cats that were pretty new. They had only been at our house for a couple of weeks to the cousin's house and asked them to take care of the cats. We didn't want to leave them here because it was too new of a, of a place for them, and we knew it was very likely they would go missing um, so we took the cats, dropped them off, went on our trip. And when we came home from our trip or while we were driving home from our trip, we found out that one of the cats had gone missing. This is Taz, the, the little male cat, the black cat. So he went missing. We came home. We hadn't fully bonded with these cats yet. Um, so it was like, well, that's really sad. However, they were always meant to be outdoor cats. Uh, the one cat that was left was the the very spunky, vibrant cat that um, does all the hunting. She had already been catching a lot of mice for us. And we got home. The kids were sad. We didn't know what happened to Taz. And about two days later, we got a phone call. We found out that when he had gone missing, and, and I, I must say, we spent a lot of time searching the streets around here, uh, out in the fields, calling, leaving food. Uh, and had no sign of him. Well, it turns out one of the neighbors down the road uh, informed us that he had been hit by a car, and she was the one who found him. He was uh, injured pretty badly, 
and they took him to the to the vet and and they gave us the information for where he was so we called found out where he was and sure enough he had come in with some injuries had been uh, they amputated his uh, one of his front legs and he was recovering nicely now and uh, so we informed them that we were the owners. Uh, at this point, there had been a lot of work done to him, and he was now a very expensive cat. And um, we we brought him home. Uh, we we took care of him. He had to stay in indoors. Um, and so, long story short, we end up with a three-legged cat, and and a lot of high bills and. It was a new experience for us because we didn't really want the cats in the first place. But here we were now dealing with the discomfort of a situation that we didn't want to be in. And what happened next was uh, quite quite the lesson for us. That's why I, I called this episode Dharma Cat. Dharma is the word used for teachings. And this is the cat that was uh, giving us teachings on the nature of reality. So we took him in. He had to be indoors. We bought a very nice air purifier for allergens. We would run that in my in our room, and I would keep the door closed. And he had a cage outside in the living room area where he was healing from his injuries. Well, in the many weeks that we had him, my wife became a cat person. And, and to me, that's the most, the most uh, funny part of this entire story is because, again, if you knew her, you, I mean, imagine someone who really, really dislikes animals, and then imagine that person becoming a cat, a cat person. So that's what happened to my wife. She befriended and fell in love with this little cat, and luckily his personality uh, contributed to the whole thing because he's a very sweet, very mild and tender cat. And we, he, you know, we took him into our home, and he became part of the family, and healed uh, with his missing paw. And fortunately, everything else healed completely. His back paw that had been injured and his right side, everything healed. And he ended up being very much a, a normal cat who just has three legs instead of four. And he gets around just fine. He's outside uh, hunting mice with, with the other cat. And, um, you know, the, this experience has now been, I want to say, six or seven months that we have cats and Taz is our little Dharma cat. He's the cat that taught us that he taught me that I can love cats. And he taught my wife that she can love animals and that she can love cats. And I've thought about this in the months since all this has happened and thought, you know, we, as we go through life and, and things happen, we find ourselves in circumstances that we don't want to be in. And it's very easy in that moment to, to want to reject the Tetris piece to say, this is this is what I'm dealing with, but I don't want this. And had someone told me six months ago, hey, here's what's about to happen. You know, the, the day I found out that he had that we had to amputate his leg and all this all this stuff was gonna happen with him, had someone told me, but you'll fall in love with this cat. He'll be he'll teach you a lot about life and about uh, resilience and about mending and about adapt adapting adaptation to life circumstances i would have said oh okay i didn't i didn't expect that and here i am in the present looking back right where we're really good at looking back and connecting the dots looking back we can see oh okay um, i'm glad that that happened because i learned this or this happened or that but we're not very good at it 
in the present moment. So the, the concept or the idea I wanted to share in this podcast episode was what if in the present moment, when confronted with difficult or uncomfortable circumstances, we could uh, recognize that looking forward, we have uncertainty about what this is going to do for us. And that uh, holding space, that open curiosity may change the relationship we have with the circumstances in the present moment. So for me, one of my uh, common practices in mindfulness or meditation is that in the present moment, I like to look back and see the causes and conditions that allowed this moment to be what it is. And that's the practice of, of looking back, seeing the interdependent nature of things, looking back, right? Connecting the dots backwards. And that's been a very powerful uh, technique to feel gratitude in the present moment for everything in the past, even the unpleasant moments. But this technique is doing the same thing looking forward. It's saying in this present moment, whatever this thing is that I'm doing or that I'm going through, what's going to come of this? I think that would be the question that I would sit with. What will come of this? And the answer is, I don't know, right? The uncertainty, I think, is what's powerful here. So what it leaves you with is possibilities, the open possibility of who knows what what will come of this. And it may be pleasant things. It may be unpleasant things, right? You may think it's bad now. Well, wait, it's going to get worse. Or you may think it's bad now, but at the end, this will all be worth it. We don't know. Both scenarios are equally um, uncertain. And again, looking back, I can recount so many of the difficult moments of my past, things that I've gone through that I would never want to go through again, are, are, are very uh, directly connected to how things are now. You know, I think of this podcast as an example. Had I not gone through the difficulties that I went through in my uh, marriage and in my uh, faith transition back in uh, 2010 to 2012, I would have never uh, explored Buddhism. I would have never started a podcast. And now I hear from people by email all the time who will mention how grateful they are for encountering the podcast or a book or any any number of things that I've done since that incident that have uh, brought improvement to someone else's life. And it's fascinating to think None of that would have happened, at least not the way that it did happen, had I not gone through what I went through. And that gives me a sense of gratitude for the difficulties that I've gone through. So again, looking back, that's become a very natural, easy thing for me to do as part of my practice. But what I'm excited to incorporate into all of this is what happens when I do this looking forward and holding space for that uncertainty of, what will come of all this? Um, this has happened in my career, right? I had a, a business that I really enjoyed having, manufacturing photography accessories and tripods. And little did I know that the difficulty of going through the failure of that company, the collapse of that company, out of the ashes of that would rise something that I enjoy even more. I wouldn't have known that at the time. Uh, had, even had someone told me, I would have been like, I don't know about that. And yet here I am now running my flight school and teaching paragliding and paramotoring, something that I almost feel it isn't fair to call it work. And yet that's what I do for work. It's, it's 
Uh, I would much rather be where I am now than where I was then, but I couldn't have arrived at this had I not gone through that. And what does that say of the future? Again, there's the uncertainty. What if there's something else that I would enjoy even more? And I don't know that because um, I'm not there yet. Or it could, like I said earlier, it could be something that is much less pleasant. And that will lead to something that's more pleasant, that will lead to something that's less pleasant, that will lead to something that's more pleasant. Uh, pleasant. And that's the point, right? That life goes on. The Tetris game goes on. Pieces show up. And we never know what will come of this piece that is falling right now, the one that we're dealing with right now in the present moment. And that's the concept I wanted to share in this podcast episode. Um, I, I hope that this is a, an idea that may resonate for you as you uh, analyze and examine the circumstances that you're in, whatever those circumstances may be, whether they're pleasant ones or unpleasant ones, hold space for that question of, I wonder what will come of this. And the moment you bring up that question and you open open up your mind to the almost infinite possibilities of what may come of this, I hope that uh, that will give you a more open space in your mind to accept what will come next, to see that next piece and not dread it so much. Even if it's going to be an unpleasant Tetris piece that shows up, you don't know what comes next. And that'll, that'll be the situation that we're always in, never knowing what comes next. All right, that's all I have for this podcast episode. I hope uh, you enjoyed this, and I look forward to recording another podcast episode soon. Until next time. <laughs>